You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Here we are, folks. It is time, and it's time for On Point with Victor. And, folks, as I come to you uh, from this chair... Uh, right before the show started, it looks like Kamala Harris is out. Kamala Harris. <laughs> I know. Let's all together now. Oh, Yes, that is the feeling here at America's Web Radio, and I know a lot of you have the same feeling, but Kamala Harris is out. And, folks, look, it's, it's no big surprise if you're following this stuff. Uh, Kamala Harris had put all her... Her strategy or her eggs, the basket, you know, that whatever that saying is I'm trying to get to. Um, All our eggs in one basket. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you, David. That is why he is the legend. Uh, but this is what she's done. <laughs> and uh, David is shaking his head at me. Um, but what she did was she put everything. She was banking on California. And it has become evident to her and to her staff and to whoever finally got to her that she was not going to win California. And... Uh, that was basically that was her that was her ground that was her strategy and and she instead of getting to California and losing and having that forever on her record she's bailing out and uh, that's that's the no nonsense straight up common sense analysis right here first on on point with Victor um, you know she's going to say all kinds of things and she's going to give all kinds of reasons but I I can almost guarantee you it's because she did not want to go on record as losing the state of california in the primaries and that's what was going to happen so so she's out and uh, i will go ahead and predict that probably coming up soon booker will be out uh he's going nowhere uh He'll be followed by Yang and and the rest of the crowd that's down there. What about Yang? And Yang. <laughs> He'll go right there with Yang. Um, and the rest of them down there that, that are that are twirling around the uh, bottom feeder of the bowl, or the bottom feeder bowl, I should say. Uh, they're going to start dropping out, guys, as, because this, this, this race is, is kind of beginning to form. Uh, it's kind of funny because I, I still, still will tell you Hillary Clinton is going to get in this race. Hillary Clinton will be a candidate for 2020. I, I, I just, I, I would almost bank on it. Uh, but what you're seeing happening is, is people, most of the bottom dwellers are going to start to drop out as we get, especially by the time we get to January. And uh, then we start into the primary season. Uh, but just like I predicted to you months and months ago, one person is going to come out of this field and probably challenge or put up somewhat of a challenge to fake Indian Warren, Socialist Sanders, uh, quid pro, gro- quid pro uh, Joe uh, Biden. Uh, and, and, and soon to be in the race, Hillary. Uh, somebody's gonna come out of this bottom dweller group, and that person looks to be, and I predicted this months ago, uh, Pete Buttigieg. Um, he is, uh, taking off in Iowa right now. In fact, Pete Buttigieg, which you may not have heard yet in the lamestream media because they, they don't want this to happen. Uh, but Pete Buttigieg is leading right now in most of the polls in Iowa. So we have this race forming, and, and folks, let me pause. Welcome to On Point with Victor. <laughs> I am Victor Armendariz, and this is America's Web Radio. Uh, uh, by the way, uh, Victor, yeah. uh, I, I hate to dispute what you said, but I do have the real reason that Kamala dropped out. Uh-oh. What's this? Uh, yesterday, the legend came out with uh, America's Web Radio support 
of Donald Trump. Ah, well, there you have it. So just this, scared her to death. Folks, this is the power and the reach of America's Web Radio. Uh, probably the largest, and I'm not just saying this, the largest live radio podcasting show or live producing show on the Internet, the radio radio show on the Internet. Uh, that is America's Web Radio. So thanks for tuning in, folks. And, and I, I wanted to uh, just get the, the, the station out and the name of my show, On Point with Victor, because we just jumped right into things. There's so much going on that we kind of do have to jump right into things. Uh, but you are listening listening thanks so much you're tuned in to to on point with victor uh so that's that's basically what's going on right now with with this uh which again this isn't even what i wanted to start off with today but i couldn't help it with the news of kamala harris but what what's happening in the democrat field the democratic field is is you've got buddha judge who's taking a surge or making a surge and i do believe that buddha judge is going to be the guy that comes out of that whole no name bottom dweller uh group bottom feeder bottom feeder of the <laughs> right <laughs> uh, but this but buddha judge is the guy that, that that's making the run he he's he's coming up he's dis- distancing himself from the rest of that group and he's kind of starting to enter the realm of uh, the fake indian warren uh biden socialist sanders uh those three and i'm telling you right now your hillary's going to get in this race um Bloomberg is in the race. And, and the reason why I don't say too much about Bloomberg right now is because, look, Bloomberg's – the one thing about him is he's got the money to stay in the race. So he's going to be in the race, but I'm just – the guy's not taking off. He's not going to be a formidable force, I don't think. Uh, he's going to spend tons and tons of money. He's going to place ads as if he were the nominee already, and he's going to attack – Trump. That's all he's going to do. He's going to attack Trump. So basically, he's going to do the work of the Democrat Party and pay for it. And he's going to trash Trump and go after Trump as if he were the nominee until he has to drop out. Because there will be a point, and I don't care how rich Bloomberg is, there's going to be a point when he's going to look and go, okay, I'm tired of wasting my money. I've done my part. I'm getting out. And uh, then you're going to be left with uh, Buttigieg, fake Indian Warren, Biden, and um, Socialist Sanders, and probably Hillary Clinton. And that is my common sense analysis of what you're going to see. And it won't be long, folks. Uh, Biden, the only reason Biden's in this race right now still is because of his name and and because the other candidates are so bad. Uh, But trust me when I tell you, Biden will lose Iowa, he will lose New Hampshire, he will lose Nevada, and he probably will lose South Carolina. And if you win South Carolina, he may just squeak by. But I'm telling you right now, I don't think he's going to win South Carolina. And when he loses Iowa and he loses New Hampshire and he loses Nevada, he's going to have no win behind his back going into South Carolina. And if one person is able to win two out of those three, that would be Iowa, New Hampshire, and Nevada. If one person can win all three... That's probably going to be your nominee. If one person wins two, uh, then they're going to have some win behind them going into South Carolina, and that's going to be the final blow to Biden. So uh, mark my words. Now, it's very possible that we could get Judge who wins Iowa. You could have uh, Socialist Sanders, who's going to win New Hampshire. And then you could have fake Indian Warren, who wins Nevada. That's going to put this into an absolute nobody leading the way. And that'll that's the door that's going to be open for Hillary Clinton. She, I'm telling you, folks, she will get in. She's going to get in. It'll be, uh, let's see, it'll be probably just before Super Tuesday. 
that's when I would uh, I would tell you that uh, she's probably going to get in that race. Uh, so, all right, folks, let me let me move in and get it get on to some things that I wanted to I really wanted to get to today. Um, I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. You know, Thanksgiving was was last Thursday, and I, I let me tell you, since last Thursday, all I have heard, and and a lot of this from young people, um, students from high school, students in college, which just really, really makes me sad to hear college students who have no idea what Thanksgiving is about. Um, and then when you have high school students, it's, that'll make you sad. And then you have elementary students. You have young kids who are not even in high school yet who are going around saying, oh, I don't know why we celebrate Thanksgiving because all we did was massacre the Indians. Uh, I, I mean, the, what they're being taught about Thanksgiving it just really, really makes me sad, and so I want to do something here today, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make it quick. Uh, I, I want to give just an overview of what really, really happened in Thanksgiving. I want to give you the absolute correct history of Thanksgiving, and you don't have to take it from me. You can go look this up for yourself. Do a little research. You know, a good project for for your kids, if you've got kids, is to pull them together and do some research together and read about William Bradford. Read about. The actual pilgrim journey. Read about what led up to the first Thanksgiving. Do some research and make sure your kids know the truth. Uh, because they're being lied to. And it, it didn't just start recently. I mean, come on. Even back when I was in school, I wasn't taught the whole story. I had to learn it myself. Um, but I want to do this and, 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 and just bear with me because I want to do an overview. And I'm going to do it quick. So you will need to do your own research. Uh, but I'm going to give a quick overview. Now, there is an uh, the godfather of talk radio does this or used to do this. I'm not sure if he did it this year, but he used to do it every year. Um, he actually wrote about it in one of his books, and he gives – and I'm telling you, I'm going to give you a quick overview. But if you go look up um, – or do some research on the Godfather of Talk Radio and listen to one of his renditions of Thanksgiving, how he explains it. It's absolutely amazing, and it's so awesome to hear uh, him talk about the history. Uh, but I want to do it for my listeners. I want to do it for you guys because I know uh, I'm very thankful every day for the awesome listeners that I that I have. The Every week we're adding new listeners. Uh, On Point with Victor is one of the, if not the fastest growing show here at America's Web Radio, and I, from the Deep parts of my heart. Thank you very, very much. So, okay, let me let me just let me delve into this. Um, so, again, let me. I hope everyone had a had an awesome Thanksgiving, and uh, or if you put it into terms of of the Democrats or the liberals, uh, what they're teaching in college. I hope you had a great piss off pita day by eating a a huge uh, turkey and partaking in thanking for the uh, great genocide that happened. Uh, that is what's being taught. So. Uh, all right, let me let me let me get into to what to what really happened because you if you just ask your kid if you have a kid or ask a neighbor or ask the next uh, if you're walking through the store and you see somebody in the store the next time uh, you see them just ask them hey hey what do you think about Thanksgiving and and you're probably going to get an answer of oh well we just killed a bunch of Indians or we massacred Indians um, the white man came and the white man killeth. Uh, you'll hear there. You will hear things like this from students. The white man cameth and the white man killeth. This is the kind of stuff that you're hearing. And it leaves out and all. I mean, even if you wanted to look. All right. Let, let me let's just let me let me get to this, <laughs> because I know some of you are out there going, well, but Victor, we did hurt some Indians. 
yeah, you know what? We did. Um, and the Indians were hurting themselves. And uh, there's a whole lot to it. But, all right, let, let me let me get to this. So, so um, bear with me. I, I, I want you... Uh, Lean in closely. Lean in closely to your device. I want your undivided attention here. Uh, if you have kids right now that aren't in school, pull them together. Let them hear. Let them hear. If you're homeschooling, definitely let your kids listen to this. Of course, if you've got a homeschool child, they probably know this better than I do. Uh, okay. So let's talk about the celebration of Thanksgiving and what what re- really, really happened. And, and uh I've got notes because if I try to pull this off from memory, I I know I would get something wrong, and then somebody's going to try and uh, say I was lying or something like that, you know, because, you know, who knows? Media Matters may be monitoring my show. Uh, I hope they are. You know, I strive every week to to make it on Media Matters list, um, but I don't know if I'm big enough for that yet. But all of you listeners out there, you're definitely making me get there uh, rapidly. All right. Let's look at what what happened today, um, because right now a lot of people just they're just not being taught this. So okay, so basically what's being taught today is a group of poor people from Britain arrived to the new territory, what is now known as New England, and at a very 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 cold time of year, uh, we are taught, or our kids today are taught that they had no idea what to do, they had no idea how to fend for themselves. But then, oh, then the they, the Native Americans came down and taught them how to survive and showed the showed them how to live and and save the day. I right, look, uh, they did meet. The Indians, Native Americans, and the Native Americans did show them how to farm and, and did show them how to do some things. And did uh, they didn't really come into contact with the Indians until well after they were there. Uh, when they when these pilgrims arrived, it was a very cold, cold part of November. Uh, it wasn't until spring that um, they started making this contact with Native Americans and and started learning from them. Uh, which includes showing them how to work the land, how to make warm clothing, and how to kill and eat some turkey. Um, so let's now let's move on to to what really really happened, where where Thanksgiving really really came came from. Because the story of the pilgrims arrived in the very cold time, they met the Indians, the Indians taught them how to live and save their lives, and then the white people killed the Indians. That just isn't the way it happened. It's just that if, if that's what your kids are being taught, if that's what you were taught, uh, you were taught wrong. Uh, there's, just, there's just no other way to put it. So, okay, so let's start by doing this. If you're with your kids and you want them, write this down. Write this name down and have them research William Bradford. Do some research on William Bradford. This is an amazing man, what he did and what the pilgrims did. But William Bradford, William Bradford. Look it up. Have your kids do some research. Um, have your kids duck, duck, do a duck, duck, go search on William Bradford. Uh, you may be able to Google him. Google may not have taken uh, William Bradford off yet. Uh, you know, you, you never know. Uh, but William Bradford was the original governor. He was the original uh, governor, uh, one of the primary uh, figures of putting together the the voyage that 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 was the Mayflower voyage. Um, so have your have your kids look up the journal of of William Bradford and and read read and if you don't know the story read the 
journal of William Bradford. He documented this whole trip. He documented the trips that the first pilgrims made, the the Mayflower voyage. He documented the voyage, and he documented when they landed, and he documented everything that happened after they land. They made landfall. Uh, so to have... Have your kids look it up. Uh, trust me, it, it'll be amazing. So, but uh, but let me sum this up. So, uh, first we're going to go to a break, and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to try to sum this up very quickly. You're listening to On Point with Victor. We'll be right back. And I wanted to remind everybody that uh, we have a new sponsor coming on, and it's Multiline Mortgage. And uh, we've got some spots that we're going to be playing for Multiline and. They, the reason that they are coming on is that things go on even during, during holidays, and uh, they wanted everybody to be, to be aware of the fact that they will be open. Uh, they were open uh, not Thanksgiving Day, but they were open uh, during the Thanksgiving holidays, and they're going to be open during the Christmas holidays. It's multi-line mortgage, and the only reason that I'm saying something right now is the fact that they're exactly the people that I went to to get my mortgage. And uh, I tell you what, they are fantastic. They know where the dots go over the I's. They know how to cross the T's. And they know where stuff is that's just absolutely incredible. And uh, they've been in the business a long, long time. And uh, if... um, you're going to be needing a mortgage, last-minute jobber at over the Christmas holidays. Look up Multi-Line Mortgage. They're here in Atlanta, but they service all over the southeast. So look them up and try them out and tell them David sent you. And uh, we'll be back with more of On Point with Victor. And, by the way, one other thing. Do you know uh, uh, Rudder uh, that's running for appellate? judge uh, the appellate judge i'm not familiar with him very much her, her. but anyway uh we are supporting her and we're supporting uh, uh donald trump for president and we'll be coming out with a list of people that we support absolutely um and uh including victor for senate no go ahead Victor who? Armin. <laughs> How do you put that on a sign? Uh, you know, that's a good point. Is that a drunk painter from oh, trying to... <laughs> <laughs> or do you just stand back with a machine gun and that's, blow yeah, holes in it? Because we support here also the Second Amendment. Absolutely. We'll be back right after this. If your health insurance premium is more than your mortgage, Ellen Deal with Ideal Solutions is here to help. Whether you're a small business owner, individual family, or baby boomer, email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com, and I'll respond with three easy questions to help you determine if you can get away from Obamacare. As a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry, I'm here to help with all your insurance needs. Email Ellen Deal at MAGA45CAG at gmail.com. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is Around Town Movers. Timothy and the guys 
recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not so fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around town movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, around town movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's around town movers. Call them. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Back. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, let me get into this. Let me see if I can make this uh, quick and clear <laughs> without sounding sounding like I'm rambling. Uh, because I know that's what it sounds like sometimes, folks. But I have so much in my head, and I want to get it out. <laughs> I want to get David is making faces at me, folks. Uh, but I have so much in here, and I want to get it out, and, and I have so much I want to get to. So. All right, let me sum this up. So basic. All right, we're talking about the pilgrims. <laughs> I have more than that in my head, David. <laughs> so, all right, so the first group of people, first of all, they fled from Britain. They fled to Holland, um, and there they established a community. And several, it was several years later that about forty of them, with some other passengers, there was about forty of them were were pilgrims. Not everyone on the Mayflower was a pilgrim. Uh, about so anyway, so they left. Holland John and Wayne knew each one of them personally. First, personally, he did. Pilgrim. <laughs> Pilgrim. Uh, so they they went off on this journey to the New World. Um, now you can imagine what that must have been like. I mean, we're talking 17th century here. I mean, we're talking. Uh, they got on a boat with very primitive navigational equipment, if you want to call it equipment, and sailed across the great wide ocean. Uh, on August 1st, 1620, August 1st of the year 1620, that's when the Mayflower set sail. Um, the pilgrims among this group, as I mentioned before, were led by William Bradford. Uh, during the journey, William Bradford set up a, a contract. He set up a contract for every pilgrim on the boat to sign. This contract was it, – it, it was a contract to spell out the justify – or let's just say the laws and, and the equal – Laws that everyone would be under the the laws that everyone would follow, because uh, folks, this was never happened. They were on their way to the New World, which was New England, uh, on a ship. There were there were there were no hotels waiting for them. The Paris Hilton hadn't built a hotel yet. There's no rest areas waiting for them. This was just a land that they. By their faith, through their faith, knew was there and that they were going to get there. And when they were going to get there, they were going to have to figure out how to develop a community. So along the way, on the boat, on the Mayflower, William Bradford prepared a contract and had everyone sign it. And they and he said, this is going to be the laws that we live by. This is going to be the community that we set up. And everyone signed it. So they would have just and equal laws for all the pilgrims. All right. So you may be asking, where did these ideas for the contract, where did William get these ideas from? Well, folks, he got it from the Bible. It's as plain and simple as that. He got it from the Bible. Uh, probably something you're not going to be taught in school today. But that's where, that's where the idea of the contract and the laws that he prepared, that's where it came from. Uh, so, okay, so in November, very, very cold of winter, they make landfall and they hit the ground in what 
is known today as New England. Uh, when uh, and again, they arrived in 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 November. Imagine arriving to land with no home, no hotel, no rest area, no nothing. You arrive to this land that looks desolate. It's covered in snow. It's freezing cold. The only shelter that is available is the natural shelter of the trees. That's what they arrived to. So, put that in perspective. So. They get, they they get out there and they have to immediately they've got to start learning how to live and and that's when they did meet some Indians uh, the Native Americans and they did teach them how to skin beavers uh, to make clothing to make warmth clothing uh, how to uh, do do some farming I mean they they did they and and they taught them how to fish for cod. Um, the Indians had a huge part in making the the lives of the pilgrims much much improved, because the pilgrims had to arrive and get through the winter on their own, with no homes, no shelter. I mean, nothing. And then once they made it through winter, they came in contact with the Indians in the spring, and then that's when they started. To, they learned from the Indians to fish for cod. Uh, they learned better farming techniques. They, you know, they 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 learned these things that helped them like their lives start to improve. So, you may have taught been taught that, and you, that's probably up to the point that you were taught because that's about the point where if they even do teach that anymore, that they stop and then they deviate. Because what happened next is nothing short of amazing. What happened next is what Democrats and liberals don't want you to know. What happened next is the pilgrims had to figure out how to live and how to how how this contract of equal rights was going to work and and this how they were going to form their community. So what they did was they formed a collective. Uh, William Bradford had assigned land and everyone worked on the land and and everything that was produced went into the common collective. Everything, every member of the society there who produced anything was put into common area, common ground, the common community, common ground. It was all put in the common community, and then it was dealt out on an equal basis to every member. So every member was entitled. There's that word, entitled. This is where it came from, folks. Every member was entitled to one common share, one equal common share. So no matter how hard you worked or how hard you didn't work, Everything was put into a pile and then distributed or redistributed to each member of the collective. So each member of the community received one common share. This is how they lived, and it lasted, folks, for less than a year. It took less than a year for William Bradford to figure out that socialism, because that's what this was. This was this was a collective. This was a community. It was a commune. Uh, this is what later became socialism. It took William Bradford and the Pilgrims less than one year to figure out that it was a failing system and drastically failed. William Bradford wrote in his jur- journal that all this system of collectivism did was cause uh, he did not say it in this war- form ladies and gentlemen you need to go read this cuz he he wrote differently than I'm going to speak to you now but he basically said it 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 caused unemployment it caused people to not want to be employed uh it caused jealousy it caused resentment it caused anger it caused all these negative things among the people in the community because what happened under the system when when you when one government entity collects all the sweat equity and then delts it out on an equal basis to all the members 
What happens? Well, you get a lot of of, of men or people, however you want to put it, at this time. Every you know, everyone was denoted as man. Uh, who, especially what what William Bradford wrote about is young men were sitting on their arses and not working. They were letting other men and wives and children do all the work, all the farming, all the building, all the sh- whatever it was. A lot of young men sat back and other people sat back and just they didn't do anything. But they still went to the common store and still got their one share, their equal share. They got their equal share of everything that was produced. And they didn't have to work for it. And that caused anger. That caused jealousy. That caused resentment. It caused total stagnation of the community. The collectivism, what the pilgrims were trying to attempt to do, all it did was cause stagnation. There was no growth. There was no happiness. So in less than a year, William Bradford sat down and he said, we're changing things. And he divided up the property and and gave every family their own property, their own farm. And he said, that is yours. That is yours to work, to farm, to cultivate, to produce. And whatever you produce, whatever sweat equity you put into your land is yours. So, ladies and gentlemen, the individual was born. The free market was born. Now, I'm moving fast, so bear with me. And again, do your own research. But the free market was born. So now they went from a collective community to a free market society, an individual-type-based society where sweat equity was earned. Going to a break. We will be right back, folks. This is On Point with Victor. Happy holidays. I'm Patty Levan, owner of Multiland Mortgage Services, Inc. Call us for details about our conventional loans with as little as 3% down or talk to us about our FHA, VA, and USDA loan options. We answer your questions with honesty and integrity because that's how we roll. Multiland Mortgage Services, your way home. Call us at 941-201-9111 or check out our website at multilandmortgage.com. Company founded by Joseph D. Powers, NMLS 158-989, licensed Georgia and Florida. This is David Donaldson with the Atlanta Healing Center, conveniently located in Lawrenceville, Georgia. At AHC, your success is our goal. Addiction recovery is about more than just not using. It's about becoming a whole person and addressing all aspects of your physical, psychological, and social needs. Please call us at 770-696-9862, or you can reach us on the web at www.atlantahealingcenter.com. You can keep your doctor, you can keep your plan, and every family will save thousands of dollars a year. I'm Ellen Deal, and if you've been hurt by the Affordable Care Act, you can email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com to see if we can help. Small business owners, individuals, families, and baby boomers, email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com for three easy questions to determine if you can get away from Obamacare. I'm a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry and here to help you for all your insurance needs. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back, folks. Uh, This has got to be one of the fastest hours in radio. It just has to be. Uh, You're listening to On Point with Victor. Uh, Victor at AmericasWebRadio.com. Victor at AmericasWebRadio.com. That is the email. You can reach out to me, and I encourage that you do. Um, If you have any other questions beyond my scope, it's gm at AmericasWebRadio.com. gm at AmericasWebRadio.com. And I've got a message coming in from David. Hey, 
if you want to be a patron of America's Web Radio, uh, you can look up our patron site as well, and, and, and please do so. And in fact, some of you listeners are so awesome, you've already asked how you can support the show. And uh, one way to do it, if, if you have a business, the way to do it is to be a sponsor. If you don't have a business, then the way to do it is be a patron. And that you just go to the patron site for America's Web Radio, and you can become a – actually, it's it's a patron site for On Point with Victor. Then you directly become a patron of the On Point with Victor show, and you directly can help me make this show better. <laughs> so, all right. Um, Okay, so let's just do this real quick. Let's let's get on with this. So we reached a point. So William Bradford and the New Pilgrims, they reached a point where collectivism wasn't working, and that did and that took less than a year, folks. Uh, so understand what was going on. All the land, all the things that were being produced, everything the Pilgrims were doing when they started out was owned by the commune. This wonderful word commune, collectivism, it takes a village. All these words that you hear today's Democrats using, today's establishment in Washington, you hear these words being used today. They ought to throw up red flags to every voter and every citizen in this country, um, which should be one and the same. If you're a voter, you should be a citizen. If you're a citizen, hopefully you're an informed voter. Um, okay, so understand Everything was owned by the commune. Everything was t- was distributed equally, and that's I'm using air quotes. Um, that's how it was being done. This wonderful little world of socialism, but back then it was the collective. It was the commune. Then you go as as they pre- went on, and they saw that it was an abject failure. William Bradford, who I mentioned earlier, became the first governor. He was the first governor. He, after making sure, after making sure that no one, no one pilgrim had more than another pilgrim, no one family had more than another family, after making sure that that's what, you know, that's the way they developed the society, and after it failed, because it will always fail, history has shown, then William Bradford says, you know what, we're going to try something else. We're going to try where every person is responsible for their own being. And what I mean by that and what Bradford meant was every person who's going to, who, who has, you're going to be given land and you're going to farm it. You're going to work it. You're going to use your creative genius, your sweat equity. You're going to use that and then you are going to own everything that you produce. And then you can take that production, that, that wealth that you are creating, whatever it is, farm, food, whatever, you can bring that to the marketplace. Because folks, once they started down the road of individualism and producing and being rewarded for what they were, their work, being rewarded for their labor, once they started that, they set up trading posts. Uh, they started trading with Indians. They started buying and selling with the Indians. Uh, it was an amazing thing that developed, and it's all documented in William Bradford's journal. All of it. So, I mean, so, so, so I want you pull in, I mean, lean in close to me and listen to this. William Bradford, after you, after testing out socialism, folks, Karl Marx wasn't even born yet. Socialist Sanders was nowhere to be found yet. This was, I, I mean, folks, I, I just can't, I can't stress this enough. William Bradford and those first pilgrims, they didn't even know what uh, the, the socialist Sanders was coming down the road or Karl Marx. 
but they tried the socialism anyway. They, the collectivism, the commune, that's what they thought. That's what they had been learned, learned, or how should I put it, had been taught. So when they got to the new world, that's what they thought would be the most equal way to live. But they came soon to find out. And of course, William Bradford had his epiphany. And that's when he assigned a plot of land to every family and said, whatever you do on that land is yours. You own it. And then, wow, what happened? The trading post opened up stores. There I, you know, the first stores opened up, which was a trading post, uh, the first flea market, let's say. Uh, but, but the, the, the buying and selling that started going on, it expanded so much and it cre- started to create wealth. So much so that more corn was growing. There was, let me just put it this way, there was more food than ever. There was abundance. There was an abundance of resources that now the pilgrims had to figure out what are they going to do with it. And that's what led to all the trading. That in turn created so much wealth that the pilgrims were able to pay back the merchants who funded their trip. Look, folks, these people didn't have any money. So when they went on the journey, the journey of the Mayflower, uh, they had to be sponsored. So there were merchants in London. There were merchants in Holland that funded this trip. So after William Bradford started the free market society, let's just put it that way, they earned and created wealth, and they paid back the merchants that they owed money to. Word of this spread fast, folks, and then that opened up the floodgates. Then many, many Europeans started making the journey to the New World because they wanted to experience this uh, epic of prosperity, the, 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 the prosperity that they were hearing about, they wanted to experience it. And that became the, the, great, migra- the great Puritan migration is what it's referred to, um, which probably not being taught that either anymore. But that's what led to the great Puritan migration. Uh, word traveled fast, even back then. And you had many, 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 many Europeans that started making their way to the New World. Because they heard not 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 because socialism worked, not because collectivism worked, not because they said, I want to be part of the commune where I can sit on my derriere and not do anything why my neighbor does all the work. But I'm going to get an equal part of my neighbor's sweat equity. That's not why they went to the new world. No, they went to the new world because they heard about this new system William Bradford put in place where everyone owned their property. They owned their sweat equity and they were rewarded for it. If you put the work in, then you got the gratification of get, of receiving the reward for that work. That's why they were all going to the new world. And that's what led to the first Thanksgiving, folks. The first Thanksgiving was the William Bradford and his pilgrims together with the Indians giving thanks to, well, the pilgrim side. The first Thanksgiving was giving thanks to God, giving thanks for their faith. Because it led them to where they were, to be able to sit down at that table and share all the abundance that they have now created, all the abundant food, they shared it with the Indians. That is the first Thanksgiving, folks. Now, what came later? Yeah, there are some some bad things that came later. In fact, why don't you look up Andrew Jackson, the first Democrat president? Why don't you look at his ties to the Trail of Tears? Look at the Democrats and the history they have with Native Americans. So don't let your kids grow up not knowing the true meaning of Thanksgiving. Do not let your college-educated child go on TV and tell somebody 
we shouldn't celebrate Thanksgiving because all we do is massacre Indians. Because they need to know the truth. And and I and I just gave you a quick overview of it. So don't uh don't just take my word for it. Uh go and do some research. I mean, you're going to it is fascinating if you will go look up William Bradford and read what this man went through. And not just him, what the pilgrims went through, but but read what William Bradford wrote in his journal on on that journey they made from collectivism to the free markets, because they basically started and bloomed and blossomed what became the free market. Read in his journal because he writes in there step by step what happened on when they made the collective they went down the collectivism road they went down the commune road and ended up on the road of freedom on the road of liberty read that this is a man who lost his wife i think within the first month or two of arriving to the new world this is a man that when even though he lost his wife and he lost half the pilgrims lost their lives in that first year but he still documented and he still was, was steadfast on saving the people who made it. And they were steadfast on guiding them on their way to prosperity. And that created the new world, folks. I, I mean, so there is so much to learn about the, that first Thanksgiving and, 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 and how William Bradford and the Pilgrims reached that first Thanksgiving. It is an awesome, awesome history of, of, of this country. It's an awesome part of history that needs to be taught, that isn't being taught today. And this needs to, once you learn this, and, or you go and you teach your kids this, or your neighbors, or whoever, you need to ask yourself, why here on, our, on the cusp of 2020, we're on the cusp of the year 2020, why are we still talking about socialism? Why are we willing to give socialism a quote unquote air quote try? Why are we having the conversation and allowing elected officials, folks, elected officials who were not millionaires or billionaires? Until they were elected and sent to Washington, and then somehow off the backs of the American people, supposedly representing we the people, they become millionaires and billionaires. They become millionaires and billionaires. They use the apparatus of the government machine to enrich themselves, to enrich their families, to make sure their kids have jobs. That is not what a representative government is for. But that is what it's being used for. So you have to ask yourself, why are we the people sitting by and allowing this to continue to happen? Because that's what's happening. We're allowing the abuse of government by so-called representatives. We're allowing people like Obama, like the Clintons, especially the Clintons. Um, and, and look, folks, it's Republicans, some Republicans, too. To go into office with meager wealth or earnings and then become millionaires and billionaires off the backs of we, the people, the taxpayer. 
that question has to be asked. And if you learn the history of Thanksgiving and you learn what really happened and you learn what William Bradford experienced and what, and what they, they, what led them to the idea of the individual and, and the prosperity that they had. And when you understand that they gave socialism a try, they gave collectivism a try, they gave the commune a try. You understand, folks, this happened back in the 1600s. The 1620 is when that Mayflower took sail. And here we are in 2020, or going into 2020, still talking about socialism just hasn't been tried right. Socialism just hasn't been given a fair shot. That somehow, seizing the property of others, seizing the the hard-earned wealth the, the sweat equity of others, seizing that and giving it to others who aren't working, somehow that's the way this country needs to go forward. Somehow that's going to lead to prosperity. Now, folks, I am not sitting here saying we don't need to help our fellow man because we do. But the way to help your fellow man is to make sure that every man, woman, and child in this country has the ability to prosper. Because when you can prosper in the land of the free, then you can help others uh, charities are an amazing thing and there is no better charity than when the American people are allowed to prosper on their own and allowed to do what they will with their money and then they're allowed to donate their money to their favorite charity and all these things grow. it's just a snowball that's how we help our fellow man folks government has never and will never be the answer to poverty government has been fighting air quotes poverty for a hundred freaking years and we haven't made a dent in it so government never has been nor will ever be the way to lead the people to prosperity it ain't gonna happen folks it ain't gonna happen we're going to another break we will be right back you stay tuned to on point with victor this is america's web radio if your health insurance premium is more than your mortgage, Ellen Deal with Ideal Solutions is here to help. Whether you're a small business owner, individual family, or baby boomer, email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com, and I'll respond with three easy questions to help you determine if you can get away from Obamacare. As a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry, I'm here to help with all your insurance needs. Email Ellen Deal at MAGA45CAG at gmail.com. This is America's Web Radio. Would you like to have a show, talk about your business, or express your opinion on America's Web Radio? Just email gm at americaswebradio.com and we'll get back to you. Thank you. Season's greetings. I'm Patty LeVan, owner of Multiline Mortgage Services, Inc. Let's talk about reverse mortgages for seniors 62 and older. Reverse mortgages were designed to free up money that seniors can use at their discretion in retirement. Let us help you determine if this program is right for you. We'll help you choose the right lender and walk you through the loan process. Multiline Mortgage Services, your way home. Call us at 941-201-9111 or check out our website at multilinemortgage.com. Company founded by Joseph DePau. NMLS 158-989, licensed in Georgia and Florida. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. 
Oh. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> live radio, folks. Live radio. <laughs> so anything can happen. Okay, so folks, uh, that in a nutshell. Uh, I mean that. That's it. That's that's what happened. And I hope you guys do some research. And I, and I hope you, if you have kids, I hope you teach them properly. Uh, and if you hear somebody tell you that uh, Thanksgiving was about uh, a genocide that the white man created, then you know. <laughs> Look, I, I, I'm a brown guy here talking to you. <laughs> so, I, I, it, it's just not fair. The, what's being taught in school. It's not fair to the people of this country. Uh, and what politicians are doing to the people of this country, it isn't fair either. So, all right, let me, let me move on a little bit. I, you know, I, I have a question for, that I know a lot of you out there are asking. What is up with quid pro Joe? Uh, what is the deal with Joe Biden? Folks, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I mean, Joe Biden is just a weird dude. I, I am sure he is a nice guy. In fact, I bet I could sit down and have an awesome time having lunch with Joe Biden. But do I want this man to be president? Oh, God, no. Um, and trust me, you don't want him to be president either. Uh, but this guy, Joe, I mean, you can't help but laugh at him. You can't help but feel sorry for him sometimes. But this, but now, if you haven't heard, he, he was telling his lifeguard story again, or at some point, the story that he constantly is talking about. I don't think he's had any new stories, um, I think, for 50 years. So he's telling these stories that are about 50 years old plus. Um, but he always goes to this lifeguard story, and he was saying the other day that he likes children jumping in his lap. <laughs> I'm not making this up, folks. Look it up. Now, it doesn't matter what the context is, because I know some of you are out there going, oh, you got to put it in context. Look, when you're Joe Biden and your nickname, you know one of your nicknames is Creepy Joe because you have been accused of uh, invading people's personal space you're constantly uh putting your lips on women's cheeks who don't welcome it you're constantly groping uh you <laughs> you've got i mean that is joe biden that is what he's known for uh and he's uh, there's video after video after video of him getting really close and strangely close to children um and then he comes out and he says i like children jumping in my lap I don't care what the context is. And again, I'm telling Joe Biden is is probably a nice guy, and I don't think he probably means any harm to anyone. Uh, But you gotta know, you gotta know how creepy that's gonna sound. But he does it. He does it anyway. Uh, And then he went on and he talked about the hair on his legs. (laughs) This, and I'm not making this up, but Biden talked about the hair on his legs. How black people used to be fascinated with the hair on his legs because of the way it would stand up. I, I, I. it it would be funny i guess if i were making this up but i'm not i'm not making it up i mean it's it's just that's your leading democrat candidate right now joe biden well you know i i say he's leading but these polls don't mean squat um joe biden is not going to be the nominee which if you listen to the beginning of the show i basically told you why um but he's not going to be the he's not going to be the nominee. Uh, but it sure is fun to watch him. Uh, I mean, I, you know, it, I, it's not fun, I guess, to watch people go down in flames. But Joe Biden is going down in flames. Do you remember the, the first first time that he ran? First, first, first. The first, 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 time. first time. Gosh, this was back in Mondale days, wasn't it? Or, well, it was. It was, and I couldn't believe anybody let him run then. But that was when he had just had his first hair transplant. 
<laughs> and he had all the holes in his head. Oh, no, no. Yeah, you don't remember that? I do not I remember that. I can like imagine. Or like rows of right, holes right. in his head, you know? I can imagine. I can imagine. Well, that that wouldn't something may have leaked out. That something have might have leaked out. I well, based on what he's saying today and what he said over the years, uh, I tell you. It, it, but it's fun. Just sit back, folks, and enjoy it. Enjoy watching Joe Biden because he's not going to be there much longer. I, he's he's like I said in the beginning of the show. He might make it to South Carolina, but I'm starting to wonder if he's going to make it that long. Uh, and the other thing that that's cracking me up is Pete Buttigieg. I, I, I mean, I'm just, I, I would love to sit in his campaign or be a fly on a wall because at some point, Pete, Pete Buttigieg must be looking at Biden and he must be looking at the people going, and you're really worried about me being gay? I mean, he has to be asking that question because, you know, Buttigieg is getting, let's face it, he's, he's, he's getting a little, he might run into some obstacles because he's gay. I mean, not, I don't care. I don't think most people don't care. But, um, but when he gets pressure from that and then Biden is talking about kids jumping in his lap and people stroking the hair on his legs, you got to ask. And you're worried about me. I could just see Pete asking that. So it does. It just makes me laugh. And uh, I, I'm almost to the point where I'm feeling sorry for uh, Joe Biden a little bit. But uh, I still don't want him to be uh, president. And I, I don't even want him to be the nominee. But uh it would be funny if he was. I mean, uh, President Trump would have a would have a heyday with him. Uh, but uh, I tell you, folks, he's not going to make it. So, um, in fact, if you remember, you know, now that I mentioned uh, Pete Buttigieg, you know, months ago I predicted that somebody's going to come out of the out of out of this camp. Somebody's going to come out of the this hundred of candidates. And it, that will probably challenge fake Indian Warren and fake, and socialist Sanders and, and Biden. And that person is probably going to be Mayor Pete. It's probably going to be Mayor Pete. And if you don't know much about him, look him up. The guy was mayor of Indiana. Uh, he did not do that good of a job. He does not have a good record. But somehow this guy thinks he could be president. Um, he's a good talker. He's a good speaker. Uh, he, he presents himself well. So I think he probably will do an, uh, well in Iowa. I think he might win Iowa. <laughs> so... Uh, um, I just want to see Pete do one thing. I, I want to see him do one thing, and, and I probably shouldn't say this, and might, this might get me on Media Matters, but uh, I would love Pete Buttigieg to just have fun with himself and walk out on stage. <laughs> David, stop looking at me like that. Uh, but walk out on stage in his next speech and ask the people, um, oh, I'm going to mess this up. I'm going to mess this up. I need Roger. I need Roger in here to tell me this, but uh, it's a joke. Uh, something about the horse. Uh, how do? You, how can you tell if a, hor- a horse is gay? Because he goes, hey, or something like that. I'm a, I totally messed that joke up. But when Roger comes in, I'll get him to tell that joke because I know Roger will remember it. Uh, but that may have just landed me on Media Matters. But uh, anyway, so. So that's what's happening with with Mayor Pete, and then again, the guy doesn't have a great record. But uh, don't be surprised if you see him win Iowa and and actually make a challenge, uh, because I do think he will win Iowa. I think uh, Warren's going to win um, Nevada, and I think Socialist Sanders is going to win New Hampshire. I mean, it's going to be a mess, and then you're going to see Hillary get into the race. And I know some of you are laughing, but I'm telling you, she's going to get into the race. So, um, okay, moving on. And then I'm trying to do a quick topic rundown here, folks. Uh, impeachment. 
this is still a joke. It's always been a joke. And, and the Democrats, it's so shaky now that there are Democrats actually who are starting to hint that they are not going to vote for impeachment. There's a Democrat in New Jersey who pretty much made it clear this weekend that he would not be voting for impeachment of President Trump. Now, folks, when you get and you're listening to some of this hearing, if you even pay attention to this BS hearing that, that uh, they're having this week on impeachment, uh, this continued farce, uh, understand that there are Democrats already making it known they're not going to vote for impeachment. So I go back to what I originally said a few weeks ago. I do not believe there's going to be a vote in the House. I do not. I just don't think they're going to make this this vote. Why are they going to make a vote when they're going to lose Democrats? They're not going to have any Republicans in the House. They're going to lose some Democrats in the House. They have to have at least 218. So I, I think that uh, you're, Pelosi's going to start looking for a way out. I really do. Uh, so, so pay attention to that. And again, don't listen to what they're saying. Just watch what they're doing. Watch the actions that they take. And I think we're going to find that uh, Pelosi and the Democrats are probably going to try and get out of the impeachment thing. So, Roger. Yes. <laughs> uh, Roger, would you tell people the joke about that I just screwed up? It's the joke about the horse and the hay and the... Yeah, come on, you're looking... I know you know horse this. Horse and hay. Oh, what gay horses eat. That's it. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I want Pete Buttigieg to do. I want him to go to his next speech, and I want him to go out and look at everybody and go, uh, ladies and gentlemen... What does a gay horse eat? And then in unison, hey. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not there's anything wrong with that. Now, wouldn't that be great? Now, I know you folks are going, what a way to end on point with Victor (laughs) with that joke. But we are out of time, folks. Uh, This has been a blast. It always is a blast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks for bearing with me today. I had to get that little history out, and I did have to get the uh, horse joke out. And thank you to Roger, host of uh, Locked and Loaded, for helping me with that. Because, Roger, I totally butchered that joke. (laughs) So, yes, that is coming up next, folks. Stay tuned, uh, because Locked and Loaded, pew, 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 is coming up next. Folks, I've loved this this hour. Thanks so much. Tune in next week. This is America's Web Radio. You've been listening to On Point with Victor. And now coming up, Locked and Loaded with Roger B. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.